On this episode of Reliterated, four refugee children from a war-torn city find themselves swept up into another country's conflict completely separate from the one they're fleeing. This cold war is basically being fought over where to set the thermostat. One side likes it cold, the other wants to turn the heat back on. Also, Santa Claus is there and he's passing out weapons. It's weird. Bundle up and enjoy some Turkish delight as we talk about the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe on Reliterated, the podcast that begs you to spread the word about us so more people can listen to us babble on a weekly basis. So it's like church, only we don't sing brainwashy songs and ask for a tenth of your income. Welcome to Reliterated, the lowbrow book club of grown-ass adults reading the children's books popular in the 1990s, but with 2020's hindsight. Fair warning, we use language too mature for kids, analysis too immature for literary scholars, <laughs> Janelle, <laughs> and ignorance too profound to be inoffensive to everyone. Uh, we also talk about our books in depth, and that includes spoilers, so before you listen, if you're not familiar with the story, prepare to be spoiled. Although everybody probably knows how this uh, story we're covering this week ends. My name's Andy. My name's Harold. And I'm Josh. And I'm Janelle. <gasps> That's right. We, we have a fourth voice in your ears this week. As we warned you, well, we've been yeah. talking about this episode coming up for a while, <laughs> so nobody should be surprised. But Janelle's joining us in our exploration of the Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, The Witch, and The Wardrobe, written by Clive Staples Lewis and published in the year 1950. Staples is such a weird name. Why would you <laughs> Why would you name I, your kid Staples? Staples is just the middle name. I can't decide I even, if I like that name or not. I didn't even look it up. I thought you were doing an R.L. Stein thing there. That's his real nope. name. That's his real name. Genuinely Clive, his name. Clive Staples Lewis. Yeah. He's worse than I thought. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so in reading this book, Harold has a beef with this guy. Because oh, man, it's name. worse than Tolkien. I. <laughs> it was... It's, the most awful, awful kind of stuff. Like, I'm not... Ugh. Yeah, we'll get into it. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. come on. It's, it's an innocent tale of a fantasy land uh, enchanted by a by an evil witch and saved by a majestic lion and access through a wardrobe. It reads like the directions <laughs> for setting up the scenery for a fucking photo shoot is what it reads as. <laughs> what? Yeah, there, yeah, barely anything fucking happens in this book. Anybody who says otherwise is just trying to be cool. I'm telling you. <laughs> it's the same thing as Tolkien. It's a fairy tale. A fairy tale about the snow fluttering down in little waves as it wisps through the wind over and over again. The hill was right in front of him with grass. One, two, three, four, five blades of grass. Six, seven, eight, nine, <laughs> ten blades of grass. Yeah. Oh, the worst. Just the worst. <laughs> this stuff is terrible. I don't know what book you read, but yeah. Yeah, I don't remember that. I feel like I don't remember that part. I am embellishing a bit, but yeah, my God, this book bit. was mostly descriptions of terrain and weather. That is mostly what this book is about. Terrain. Because that was very and important to the story. Because it when Aslan comes back, then you don't have winter anymore. So obviously, you have to know what's going on around you. It's winter. <laughs> is it? I don't know. I've read quite a few stories lately. Is this the one where the like the snow kept? What is it? Whizzing or what? Is, it wasn't whizzing, but 
but it described the snow as... I know what you're talking about. Makes it, making a sound that you don't really associate with snow. I thought that was in the last book that you guys read. It could have been in the Magic Treehouse one. Yeah. Yeah, where the snow was... Um, yeah, that was the last one. or something. Fizzling? I don't know. Fizzling? I don't know. <laughs> Bing! Hey, everybody. Just want to edit myself in here and... Uh, let you know that what I was trying to think of is the word hissing, and that was indeed um, in the last uh, episode, the last book we read, Revolutionary War on Wednesday. Uh, the snow was hissing all the time, and I thought that was really weird. So that wasn't this book. That was Magic Treehouse, Revolutionary War on Wednesday. Good episode from last week. Go listen to it. All right, back to the show. Bing! The snow was oh, doing no, some, sucked. so much shit. That's <laughs> last episode. Weird. That's last episode last week. We're here to discuss Anyways. Narnia. Narnia business. Yes. So it was written by C.S. Lewis. Uh, he wrote, obviously, The Chronicles of Narnia, Screw Tape Letters, The Space Trilogy. I tried to read that. It no, I couldn't get through it. It was it's not great. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, and also some Christian things, uh, Mere Christianity, Miracles and the Problem of Pain. Uh, he's written a whole bunch of other things as well but not as noteworthy and yeah yeah he wrote a bunch of stuff but he's also known as a christian author which uh when i was doing some research i did not know he claimed to be an atheist as a teenager and walked away from the church but then came back to it when he was older and he became a theist and then when he went on a walk with none other than uh Mr. I'm going to describe every single word, every single rock, Tolkien, and this other guy, and they can. He basically became a Christian and became and did that sort of thing for the rest of his life. Uh, did some stuff in the wars, and but he's really just no. Seriously, it's really boring. He went over here, he wrote some books. It's really boring. It's really, it's very, very boring. It's just like, yeah, I, I read, he wrote books and... <laughs> Josh, you're fired. I'm sorry. It makes sense, he, that, it's he very, it makes sense it's that he very was boring. boring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, during Second World War, he took uh, child evacuees from London and took them to other places. That might be where they get the beginning of the book. But, uh, yeah, it was... His life was very un unremarkable. <laughs> it really is. And unresearched, apparently. <laughs> I did research. It's just very boring. I was like, this is all just very boring. He's one of the most more celebrated fantasy authors of all time. Ugh. I think But apparently it was very boring. I think he but apparently he was very boring boring and gets just he did some stuff during the war and wrote some books. I think he's one of the most celebrated fantasy authors because of the fact that he was a Christian author, just like J.R.R. Tolkien. Here's what I think. That helped, yeah. It does help because here's the thing. When I was in high school, okay, I I dated a, a Christian girl and she had all these Christian friends and all they ever tried to peddle at me was C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien. They didn't want to read anything outside of that. They oh, C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien, the best writers of the fucking uh, world. Oh, so. by the way, they're Christian constantly. <laughs> well, guess what? Christianity is huge in America. Didn't know if you knew this. So if that church and multiple churches like we would go places we went to a we went to a church camp down uh yeah down south in michigan and like 
there were thousands of people at this camp and they were all talking about C.S. Lewis there. So I think that is why they're so celebrated and popular is because people that believe a man was raised from the dead and that Noah somehow took a bunch of animals onto his ark and repopulated the planet were told he was good. So they all read it (laughs) and then it just went from there. It has to be. It has to be. <laughs> and this has been getting Harold started. <laughs> it's, it's only not been hard part with this of it. subject. Yeah, it's I really know, not it's hard not. with this subject. I know it's not. This subject, and then uh, again, I like reading. I I like books, but I want to be entertained when I'm reading a book. That's I think to me, you want your stories to be untainted by personal trauma that you experienced in the church. I didn't. I was never really in the church. If anything, I adjacent to the church. I gave people (laughs) trauma while they were in church. If anything, (laughs) but but it just—it's not just that though. Like, uh, I get that the story could have been really good here. I think, but it skips past any part that could have been interesting. In an effort to describe things, at one point in the book, he says, I'm not even going to describe this to you because then your parents will let you read it. And I'm like, wait a second. You spent the last fucking 20 pages describing fucking a path. And now you're going to not describe the ogres? Are you kidding me? There is. There is a little bit of laziness as the book uh, winds down here. There's some hand-waving, like... Aslan feeds the whole crowd. He's like, I, I can't tell like, how he did it, but he did it. It's because he's Jesus. It's just because he's Jesus. Party somehow. It's just, yeah, it's just supposed to be a Jesus allegory. And then uh, <laughs> and then there's a point where he's like, he made battle plans with Peter, told him to put his people such and such and do so and so. Well, like, what the <laughs> so, fuck? So he's man. not thorough. Right? <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, not hey, on that. This is a anyways. Let's uh let's get it going then cuz we're already getting into the story and yes yeah, CS Lewis was just a boring person so let's skip his life cuz it was <laughs> unimportant and um yeah he, he literally was just a writer I, I, I was like yep he just wrote a whole bunch of stuff all the time yep that's all he did so uh Harold how's about a Bob's your uncle summary This is going to be a Bob's Your Uncle C.S. Lewis J.R.R. Tolkien edition style summary, guys. So, because I'm, I'm, okay. I'm I got to tell the story here. In <laughs> fact, what I've done with this summary, what I've done with the story is I have actually told all of the story without all the description of terrain and weather. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> Okay. Four children, Peter, Susan, Edmund, and Lucy, are sent away from London due to the air raids of World War II. They are sent to a professor's home. Since there is nothing fun to do in those days, they play a lot of hide-and-seek. Lucy, the youngest of the siblings, decides to hide inside a wardrobe, remembering not to close it entirely because no one should close themselves in a wardrobe. They mention this five times. Instead of an enclosed compartment, she finds herself in a winter wonderland talking to a man-goat named Tomless. After hanging with the man-goat for a few hours, she learns he intended to kidnap her for the White Witch, but has, has, has ugh, but has decided otherwise and lets her go. She heads back through the wardrobe to find that no time has passed in the house, prompting her siblings not to believe her. To not believe her, 
During another game of hide-and-seek, Edmund, the second youngest, follows Lucy into the wardrobe to find she was not lying. Instead of a man-goat, he meets a woman that calls herself Queen of Narnia. She convinces him she's the good guy, but really, she's the White Witch, mentioned earlier. She tells Edmund to return with all his siblings, prompting him and Lucy to return home again. Edmund lies and says Lucy is making it up, so Peter and Susan, the oldest siblings, go to the professor worrying Lucy has gone mad. Strangely... He believes Lucy and tells them if she were mad, it would be obvious. He mentions that the house is mysterious and people often come to tour it. He then tells them to mind their own business and they let the whole thing go. Sometime later, all the kids hide inside the wardrobe and learn that Lucy was telling the truth. After chastising Edmund for being a dick, they follow a robin through the woods to the home of some beavers. Mr. Beaver tells them about Aslan the Lion and what the White Witch has done to Nardia, which is make it winter all the time and never Christmas. Edmund gets butthurt about the whole situation and decides the queen is the good guy, so he slips out unnoticed. He finds the queen and learns that he was wrong and she's a total dick. She takes Edmund hostage and sets out to get the other kids from the beaver den. Meanwhile, the beavers have taken the other three kids to meet Aslan at the magical stone table. They take a rest in a cave and Mrs. Beaver provides the children with alcohol, prompting everyone to get blackout drunk and pass out. When they wake up, Santa shows up and gives the children weapons, then tells the girls they can't fight. At this point, spring starts. Descriptions of spring go on for quite some time, as if C.S. Lewis were attempting to out-describe Tolkien. The witch sends her wolf police after the three children because her sledge can't move in the mud. A short time after, the three siblings and the beavers meet Aslan at the stone table, and he explains that Peter must fight a battle to save Narnia. He also agrees to help get Edmund back. When the wolf police show up, Peter, with no training, beats the captain by stabbing him in the heart. Aslan sends the forest creatures to follow the wolf's partner, who was hiding in the bushes, back to the witch and rescue Edmund. Aslan agrees to meet with the witch and make a deal for keeping Edmund because technically she is supposed to be able to kill him since he is a traitor. The deal is struck between the lion and the witch without anyone knowing what the deal is. They leave the area and make camp where Aslan gives Peter some battle plans. Later that night, Aslan sneaks out of the camp and the girls follow him. On the, on the way, he discovers them and allows them to follow until a certain point. He makes them wait while he approaches the white witch again and allows her and her minions to shave, muzzle, and kill him. At this point, the author decides not to describe the minions because there aren't any terrain or weather involved. <laughs> the girls mourn over Aslan for a while as mice chew through the ropes used to tie him. The girls get cold and start walking back and forth to get warm. When the sun rises, the stone table cracks and Aslan comes back to life. It turns out Aslan's deal was that the witch could kill him instead of Edmund. Of course, it just so happens that if a willing victim is killed in place of a traitor, the stone table cracks and death works backwards. Because he was dead, Aslan gets literal corpse breath, so stank it can bring stone to life. He travels with the girls to a place where the witch had turned a bunch of creatures to stone and uses uses his halitosis hammer to break them free. Aslan, the girls, and all the creatures head back to Peter and Edmund, who it turns out have been in a cool battle the whole time that we were reading the description of weather and terrain. Before we get too much cool fighting in, Aslan jumps on the witch and kills her. This proves that really every event that took place over the last 20 or so pages were utterly pointless and no one but Aslan was necessary. He tells the kids that they are royalty. The kids have all kinds of adventures and kings and queens, but we skip that so C.S. Lewis can describe a lamppost that the kids find as they are chasing a white stag. 
They decide to go past the lamppost because they feel something is up with it. As they walk, they fall out on the other side of the wardrobe inside the professor's house. No time has passed, and they tell the professor everything which he believes entirely. He tells them that they will someday return to Narnia, but it won't <clears throat> but it won't be through the wardrobe. And Bob's your uncle, that is exhausting descriptions of weather and terrain in Narnia. Hmm. <laughs> well, that's one way to describe it. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't Bob's your uncle. That was not. That was Ro- Robert's your father's brother. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I told you. I feel like it's necessary to tell the whole fucking story so we can talk about it because most of that fucking story was descriptions of terrain and weather. You're not. You're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. And there's there's a great plot device in there that uh, that you touched on. It just so happens. Yeah, yep. a lot of the, a lot of the story takes place because it just so happens these were the rules set in place before time existed, and if she had known this, if she had known the special rules from before time existed, she would Dude. have known that I would that the lion would be resurrected and get life breath. It was so in your face, dude. The emperor is God. (laughs) The queen is the devil. Fucking Aslan is Jesus. The kids are, get this, the sons of Adam and the daughters of Eve, which he tells you an exhausting number of times. Yeah, that gets annoying. Yeah. I kind of liked it. I liked it the first time. I didn't like it the 76th time. (laughs) Just like that wardrobe thing. Every single person that <laughs> walks in the wardrobe, sound well, like nobody would close the door on themselves in the wardrobe. Sons of Adam. Like, oh Unless son you're an a, asshole. Son of an Eve. Son of an Eve? What? <laughs> son of Eve. You're a son of Adam or a daughter of Eve. You're not a son of Eve. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I Get it right. I, yeah, dude. Adam so, had boys out of his butthole. <laughs> Adam and he had all the girls Eve out of her girls. vagina. That's right. how birth and, and didn't allow them to fight. Yeah. Because Santa is sexist. It does not want women in the military. Hey, so is Aslan because he says that. What was it? What's the? I actually wrote it down. Take the girls and minister to them while I talk to the boys about fighting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So. Oh, battles are ugly when women fight. That was the quote. (laughs) Yeah, that was what Santa said. Ugly when women fight. Fucking Santa. What did what he an mean asshole. It's like, um, excuse me, what? <laughs> so, Harold, if I was to tell you that this book was written as a fairy tale for a girl, for a little girl, would that change your opinion of it or why some of the things were not described, whereas weather and terrain were very described? It, it, it would not. Because, because most fairy tales don't have the, the nitty gritty well. stuff. They just have the flowy stuff. I read the part in the beginning with a letter to his niece. It, he had a letter to his niece. I was writing this book yeah. for you, but I learned that girls age much faster than books. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was the clue of it, yes. Yeah. I didn't know if you read yeah. that or not. So. Hmm. No, I read the book, and then I listened to the audiobook twice at 1.75 speed so I could write the summary, because <laughs> I didn't want to forget anything. <laughs> and... uh. Yeah, it was almost worse. <laughs> At least with the book, I could keep going blurry-eyed and pass out. <laughs> but yes, there are a ton of descriptions in this book. So Oh, yeah. That's just what I people mean, expected. People back in the days when this stuff was written were more in touch with nature, and they 
like the scene set for them, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I wasn't too fantasy. bothered by the description. I wasn't bothered by it. I was bothered by like the lackadaisical in-depth detail of some of the action, but I wasn't bothered by the description. The glossing over of yeah. really cool sounding scenes. Yeah. Like, oh. There was a whole battle that took place. And you yeah. You know nothing and we, about yep. it except for Peter and the witch swinging their weapons real fast at the end. Mm-hmm. That Edmund got the upper hand on stuff. I'm like, what? When did yeah. that? What? <laughs> I did like, I liked the description of when, like, when Aslan breathed life back into the stone statues, like, uh, C.S. Lewis literally wrote it as, you know how, like, when you light a paper on fire and, like, the fire spreads and (laughs) over the whole paper or whatever? He described that pretty, pretty well, but he spent more time describing the bringing stone statues back to life than, like, actual climactic battle in the field. Absolutely. With the witch and her army. And I agree. I, I'm i not saying there weren't good descriptions in the book. There were. But it was like every other page started into descriptions of the terrain or, or descriptions of the, what the weather was doing right now. And I'm like, okay, that's that's great. But, you know... It was snowing outside. Now let's move on to what's happening. And there was stuff that happened. I mean, like I say, I pretty much laid out all the actionable stuff that happened in the book. Otherwise, the rest of it was so much just jerking off talking about what it looked like (laughs) around you. And that's fine. But to me, I like to read a book where... and. It just different types of books, I guess. I like to read a book where they don't spend a whole lot of time telling me what the setting is after they've told me what the setting is. Because then I can be like, oh, it's cool. I got this idea in my head. I, I think of the Dark Tower series, and there's there's a book that takes place almost entirely on a train. Uh, and prior tedious. to that, they're in a city. Okay, and and he that's that's basically like you know you're in a city and there's there's trash heaped around and it, the gutters and it, they're going through and there there's action happening there's something happening and then they get on the train and the whole train ride is them trying to beat the train with these riddles so they're trying to talk about these riddles and and I mean that was interesting but they didn't spend a lot of time telling you about every rip and tear in the seats on the train that's my overall issue with it. <laughs> I like okay. it just it bored the shit out of me with that we, stuff. We we don't like setting descriptions. <laughs> I thought they were fun. So I'm I disagreeing with I disagree with Harold on this one. I thought they were fun descriptions. I didn't get bogged down by it. Maybe it's cuz I only uh read it and listened to it twice, <laughs> but I thought yeah, they didn't like, really affect me either. Yeah. I didn't I, I enjoyed them. I thought they were fun. Them. But they didn't really strike me as tedious. Yeah. I, there was one that I found a little weird. Um, <laughs> when they were walking over the dam uh, at the beaver's house, and they, it says that luckily it wasn't so slippery since the snow had fallen. I was a little confused, because wouldn't snow on top of a dam make it more slippery? That does make no sense. Because you figure <laughs> on top of a dam, it'd be icy. Like, I, I feel like it would make it more slippery. So I'm confused as to how that makes mm. sense. I guess or it like depends make, on how much snow fell. Yeah, because you would, you would think that it wasn't so slippery if you saw snow sitting there. So you'd like try to walk like this normal. But oh shit, it's like 
You're less than an inch dam. worth of snow on top of a dam. <laughs> a dam, frozen yeah. water. You're falling off that dam. Yeah, Edmund. Dam. Yeah, damn it. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> damn beavers. And what a shitty present for the Mister Beaver from from Santa. <laughs> it was what you wanted, what though. Even get fucking your dams all fixed up. And by the way, here's a new sewing machine. Like, oh yeah, yeah you get a sewing machine. Cool. You gave everybody else weapons, dude. <laughs> Beaver's like, um, where's my sword? Yeah, right. <laughs> I also like the part where they're they're going up and and uh, Peter's like, oh, well, let's go. And the beaver's like, no, no, sons of Adam before animals. Uh, you're like, yeah, because you think there might be something up there killing people, you freak. <laughs> you're like, no, I don't want to go up there. Plus, you got a sword. I don't have a yeah, sword. You got a sword, bro. <laughs> That you know how to use it well enough to beat a giant wolf immediately. That was that. See, I didn't mind that whole part. In fact, he missed on his first go when he tried to go at the wolf, and then he panicked and he stabbed it in the heart. And so, like, even when I read that, I'm like, okay, we're starting to heat up now. He's gonna have some cool, like, some fight battle stuff happening. You know, we got swords, we got bow and arrow. Maybe these girls are going to like, you know, even though they, you know, girls can't fight, they're going to be able to suddenly like, you know, pull it out at the end. And they didn't even use it. They didn't even mm. use it. They used mm-hmm. Lucy's, but that's to save people. So, yeah, but Lucy had a dagger, too. She wasn't stabbing any ogres. <laughs> well, no. Again, no women in battle, Harold. Sexist. The book is sexist. It was written in the yeah. 50s. Come on. Women stayed at home. Yeah, or worked in the hospitals a, healing the men who fought. Back to the kitchen movement. I mean, they've only been voting for thirty years at that point. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Like for me, it's just it was just too much with the description, and I know that you guys aren't seeing it or it doesn't affect you the same, and it clearly doesn't affect a lot of people the same way. I am in a minority when I say that I can't stand Tolkien and or this. I'm above it all. I'm not above it all. I realize I'm in a minority on this, but it just does not connect with me at all to to read that because I have like I have a wild imagination. I just want the plot. I don't I don't need more than you to tell me where where it's taking place and the basics of what's going on. So and I get it back then it was a little bit different. Books were a lot more popular for people to read, too, and they were expected to have more meat to them simply because you know you had like black and white tv or you had the radio and the radio was am it's not like today (laughs) where you can turn on the tv and find tens of thousands of of movies to watch or whatever so or video games to play i get it i just had to have the scene set for you with a a verbal or written description right uh media these days uh, you can see it more often, and it's just out there for you to see. You don't have to be told. That witch is pretty mean, though. <laughs> She's a meanie. She's also She's a, a chicken, though. She's got that uh, enchanted Turkish delight. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. I don't even know what Turkish delight is, but I was like, I want some. I bought some for, well, three out of four of us can have it. Josh is not here. So. Can we entice okay. you to come back to Michigan for some Turkish delight? For the delights, Turkish delight Josh? that I ordered nah, I'm good off on that. Of Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Turkish delight. Nobody can use this like, Turkish delight. I don't delight. know what it is. I no, I looked it, it up. I looked it up and I was like, that does not sound like anything that I would like to enjoy. So I'm not going to buy any. I got a box that has like different flavors. It's an assorted pack. 
So comes in different nice. flavors. I was like, I looked up a recipe to see how hard it would be to make, and it's like a total of like ten and a half hours, and I said no. <laughs> <laughs> I like how the Turkish delight is an allegory to addiction because it's yeah. like once you get that first hit of that Turkish delight, you're always going to mm. want more to the point where it would you would eat it until yeah. you died. So the temptation of of sin. Oh, is that what do you think he was alluding to? I mean, That's it's it well, I mean, getting addicted yeah. to drugs would be sinful. So yeah, in the in the in the Christian eyes, yeah, it's a sin. Yeah, to, yeah, that's true. Uh, to fall prey to uh, to the Turkish delight of the world, but the the devil, the witch, entices you with something that is pleasing to get you to follow him slash her slash it whatever <laughs> until you're on its side, and then there's nothing for you but torture and. Uh, sla- slavery and yes, <laughs> stonery. You just get stoned all the time. I said stoneware. You get oh, turned into stoneware. a stone. Stoneware. You turn into stone. Uh, it's kind of funny that his version of evil is a woman, and then his vision of the almighty good is like the manliest lion that could possibly exist, like a giant lion with a huge mane and uh, mm-hmm. booming voice and. Mm-hmm. And yet, magic isn't inherently evil, like a lot of Christians uh, get get themselves worked up into a froth about. Like, there's the witch's magic, and then there's Aslan's magic, and, like, the emperor's magic. The unseen, he's out there somewhere, emperor, who set this all in motion, whatever, but it's deep magic, and yeah. it's not inherently... And deeper magic. And then the so, deeper magic. <laughs> AKA, it's not magic, it's uh, God's power. So it's God's will. Yeah, it's God's will slash power that's it's doing the way. it. It's the way. This is the way. <laughs> this is the way. Uh, <laughs> I I really liked uh, the professor. He was probably one of my favorite characters, especially because he's like a curmudgeonly old man that just complains about the main. Basically, he just complains what they teach in school, which I really enjoyed. <laughs> what are they teaching <laughs> these kids in school? I'm yeah, like, but, that's great because he's like, they should really. teach logic. I'm like, that makes sense. They should teach logic. But no. So but I his whole that. shit was illogical. Yeah. <laughs> he's, well, he's, he's also, he's, but, you don't know this, but he's also the main character in The Magician's Nephew. That's why he doesn't question Narnia. And right. The Magician's me- Nephew is apparently the first book in the series. Or the like chronic- it a chronologically, it's the first one, yes. Chronologically, it comes before The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Episode is it a one. book? Episode one, I- The Magician's Nephew. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it was written after. It was written after because he wrote the first. He wrote Chronic, uh, the Lion, the Witch, and Wardrobe, and then he wrote the Dawn Treader, I think. And then after that, he did. I don't know. My book's out of order. On the back of my book, it says there are seven books in all in the Chronicles of Narnia: The Magician's Nephew, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, The Horse and His Boy, Prince Caspian, The Voyage of the Dawn Treader. The Silver Chair, and The Last Battle. All right, so in publication order, it came out Lion Witch in the Wardrobe, Prince Caspian, The Voyage of the Dawn Treader, The Silver Chair, The Horse and His Boy, The Magician's Nephew, and The Last Battle. That was how they huh. came out chronologically. All over the or, place. In, yeah, in publication order, whereas like <laughs> chronologically, it's yeah, all over the place. Yeah. Weird. He just decided to skip the fuck around. Right. <laughs> it's even more all o- more sporadic than uh, Star Wars. At least they like kept them in three movie chunks. Yeah. At least that makes sense. <laughs> this wouldn't make any sense. 
Right, yeah, that doesn't make any sense at all, because there's no way that I would know that that guy's the main character in the sixth book released, but it's the first book. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's... <laughs> I've read all of them before, so... They're good, in my opinion. I think they're pretty decent. Again, I was raised in a very Christian household, and that is why they're like, hey, you should read C.S. Lewis, so... Oh, yeah. <laughs> when you get when you get brought up as a Christian, when you get taken to Sunday school... Uh, you you get shown the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and it was like the old cartoon before the uh, live action movie came out in the early two thousands, I think. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was a very there was a very handy allegory of uh, Jesus and sacrifice, the the sacrifice of uh, and a very important being's love for humankind or whatever. Yeah, definitely. Uh- <laughs> I think that my church was a little bit more strict then because anything that had any type of magic at all. Oh, you were in one of those. Yes. No magic whatsoever. So this was not on my reading list. C.S. Lewis was even on your church's blacklist. Yes. (laughs) I'm pretty sure I watched the cartoon version of Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe when I was a kid, but... Being that I did not have any of that influence, first off, I can barely remember it, so I definitely didn't watch it over and over again. And without anybody influencing me to understand it was allegory for for Jesus and everything, it did mm-hmm. not connect. <laughs> that, that was yeah. what it was about I, for me. I wasn't mm. told that it was an allegory for Jesus at all. Like, I don't think that I even watched the movie until after we left the church. Mm. So that yeah. would have been... The movie did add a lot of that stuff that the book was missing, a yeah. lot of focus on the, the action scenes and and the battle and stuff, but it still had a lot of the, uh, the lion figure, the big hero of the world, um, being humbled, being beaten and suffering and tortured and being killed in the stead of another. Uh, and then that sacrifice allowing him to be resurrected and come into even more power. And uh, in so doing, elevates humankind to a uh, place of honor in the world. Yeah, that was in your face. Yeah, it's pretty clear that, like, sons of Adam and daughters of Eve, humans are a very important part of creation. Uh, like, in in the Christian, like, mythos, like, humans are made in the image of God, and, like, we are the apple of his eye, and preferred over, like, the most, the best creation God ever created, somehow. <laughs> Even though we do all kinds of... Dumb shit. Dumb shit. <laughs> God watches Jackass and he's like, yep, I made that. I'm proud of that. I am so I'd, happy for this. I'd sacrifice my son for that. <laughs> On topic, but unrelated to the book, I watched a guy today tell the Noah's Ark story. Okay. And basically he's like, he gets to the point where he's like, yeah, yeah, so then God flooded the whole world and <laughs> killed all the evil people, and somebody's like, well, surely there had to have been, like, some babies that were good, and he's like, nope, all evil, <laughs> and he's like, so he killed all them, and then, uh, you know, Noah's family and two of every kind of animal, mating pair of every kind of animal, you know, they were able to, to fill the whole world, and he's like, man, that's a lot of incest, and he's like, uh-huh, sure, <laughs> yep. and they're like, alright, I'm good with it, you know, and then he... <laughs> And then he's like, yeah, and so then obviously once that happened, like, humans all lived really good. He's, nope, nope, went right back to being total dicks again. (laughs) Like, 
<laughs> yeah. I Speaking of, Noah literally had sex with both of his daughters. They got him drunk and... they got. Yeah. That's what I was just thinking about. They got yeah, him dude. drunk and raped him. Yep. God Noah's saved them daughters. from the flood. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> he killed everybody to that save Bible story. them. Yep. Well, they were the best of us, though. <laughs> they yeah, the they were the best of us. Wow. What does that say? <laughs> everybody in the world must have been awful. Uh, right. <laughs> That's in your Bible, people. That is yep. in your Bible. Yep. <laughs> oh, and the we've good been book. blacklisted. Uh, anyways. <laughs> they skip past those parts and read the parts that they want to read. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like about, th- they'll just read the description of dinner, which went on forever. Oh, my God. So, yeah, Harold, I agree with you. The dinner scene, forever. Mm-hmm. But what do you guys think Mr. Beaver was smoking? I mean, I don't know. They gave children alcohol till they got blackout drunk. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. Who knows what he was smoking? He could have been smoking PCP, dude. Ooh. <laughs> oh lord. Anyways. <laughs> so what's our next segment, guys? Like, <laughs> our next segment. Like I have some actual stuff that I could say, but it does not fit with the rest of this anymore. <laughs> I mean, what did you think we were going to sit here and talk about with this? No, I know. Okay, I just get overzealous in my preparation and actually do whole poetry analyses, okay? (laughs) Too ignorant for literary scholars. I I noticed how you emphasized that, Andrew. It's just drugs and sex and various tomfooleries. <laughs> but tell us more about poems. You really want me to? Like, I can't actually go into these because I have them like all scripted out. You want you want me to go into these poems? I mean, <laughs> I want to talk about I want to talk about the fact that Lucy basically called Tomless a bitch for crying. You know, and it's like, goddamn, you mean, it's his name Tumnus. is Tomless. It's not Tomless. It's Tomless. Tumness. Tumness. Tumness, whatever. Tumness. <laughs> Tumness. Tumness. Played by Professor Xavier in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, really? Yeah. <laughs> McAvoy. I liked his book. I liked that he had a book that was, uh, Is Man a Myth? That was, oh, I like that one. Is Man a Myth, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm willing to watch this movie because I'm sure since... There's a visual going on. It is going to be focused more on some cool stuff happening and some some interesting things going on. The movie's well, yeah, a lot the better stuff than you the, get book. In the description <laughs> is there on the screen for you to see. Yeah, yeah. So they're they're like, oh shit. Well, <laughs> this movie's only going to be 15 minutes long <laughs> if we don't fucking like add some stuff to it because. <laughs> <laughs> I want to mention one catty remark that Aslan said towards the end. Like, uh, Edmund was wounded in battle, and Lucy was was healing him with her magic potion that she got for Christmas. <laughs> and Aslan's ha- like, "Hey, there's other people wounded. Why don't you go tend to them?" And Lucy's like, "Just, just wait a minute. I'm tending to my brother." And Aslan's like, "Others are also at the point of death. Must more people die for Edmund?" I have that marked too. <laughs> like I, I did, like, Lucy. Damn, he's uh, feeling a little hot there, isn't he? I mean, Edmund's a prick. Yeah, he's you an know? asshole. He's a prick. He but Aslan's already died for him. Aslan's right. already died for him. And <laughs> we don't want to make others die for <laughs> this bitch. 
Aslan is also super obsessed with blade cleanliness. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was Oh, weird. my God. Like, Always twice. wipe your blade. I mean, it's important, isn't it? You don't want to bloody up your scabbard. You don't want to rust out your sword. You know this. We all know this is an allegory. It means to wipe your dick off after doing it. That's what it means. Wipe (laughs) off your weapon. I thought you erased that, Andy. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, to me, it kind of be a good thing to leave some blood on your weapon. Because if you stab someone but don't kill them, maybe they'll get blood poisoning from having a bunch of somebody else's blood. I mean, not in the middle of battle. You, you don't have to clean your blade in the middle of battle. It's when you're done with it. You wipe it off and you put it away. He doesn't say specifically when you're supposed to clean your blade. Oh, he just no? says always <laughs> clean your blade. Always yeah. be sure to wipe your sword. Yeah. So, so like, whatever happens, make sure okay. that fucker is clean. So in, be- in between skirmishes, <laughs> like, kills one guy. Gotta goes clean up to the it next off. one, wiping his sword. All right, who's next? <laughs> Just wiping it. <laughs> Wipe it down. You see this guy out here? Because that's how you get AIDS. <laughs> that's how you spread AIDS. <laughs> Bloodborne pathogens. You don't want to, like, nick another guy and <laughs> give them AIDS, Peter. Oh, uh, also, when the professor is like, oh, this house is weird and people come here to tour it and everything, I wrote down, weird house equals magic is how ghost stories start. Basically, yes. People see a weird house and they're like, it must be magic and ghostly. Like, ah. Oh, that's a professor's house. At least in this house, when you open a wardrobe, you you walk into another world. (laughs) So. (laughs) I wonder if any of those Bay City mansions are magic. No. They're probably haunted. They're not. They're haunted. Because we live in the real world where that stuff isn't, doesn't exist. Okay, Harold. <laughs> You're gonna start a show, uh, like a TV show or like a web series of all the houses that aren't haunted in the world, aren't you? <laughs> I want to go to haunted houses and just be like, okay, like fucking something happened because it's not true. It's nonsense. It's absolute nonsense. There is not one single shred of evidence. For ghosts inside of a house, other than things that people have that they claim is evidence, but it is not scientifically backed whatsoever. They turn on their recorder and they get a weird noise and they're like, oh, that was a ghost talking. No. I seen it though. I seen it. <laughs> There's no, a really I good South understand. Park episode. I seen like, it. There's a good good South Park episode about that and it, they're all like just pissing themselves they're like I definitely feel the the warm liquid in my pants it's like yeah you're pissing yourself you dumbass <laughs> this spot is really cold right here oh no it, it, like oh my god it just drives me crazy or when they point the EMF readers at walls that are full of copper wires and they're like we're getting a spike over here <laughs> yeah bro it's like ah <laughs> you have a product inside the wall that's designed to move electromagnetic frequencies through it, okay? We're on a planet with a molten iron core that has, we know, magnetic fields all around it. You can actually see them if, if you're in the right spot of the, the world and it's clear enough at night. It's called the Aurora Borealis. <laughs> and you can see this stuff. So... It is not a stretch that those wires could possibly be picking something up from all the electromagnetism going on all around us. 
In fact, that is scientifically backed, that that happens. So, yeah. <laughs> Show me a ghost. Magnets are ghosts. Yeah, magnets are ghosts. Ghosts work in the realm of magnetism and <laughs> hold on yeah. hold on i had this yeah. I, I was starting to figure out something <laughs> don't tell me about the time that you felt creeped out in a dark room because you're a human being and your your instincts your evolved instincts naturally make you not like to be a in the dark and to not know what's going on around you. It causes you to have reactions of fear, which makes you move from the area and try to secure yourself so that you feel safe. It doesn't mean there were ghosts there. It just means that your body is working as it was intended to keep you from getting eaten by a tiger. Hey, listener, if you can't get enough of this kind of talk, <laughs> why don't you consider, why don't you consider supporting us on Patreon? <laughs> Now that we're, we're way off topic. Anyways. We, no, we were talking about the weird house equaling magic. It's okay, like, but now you're off yeah, on but a then tangent you went off about on a tangent stories. about an EMF weirder and ghosts and bullshit. We're trying to talk because about the Lionel Rich and the Wardrobe. Ghosts are real, and Janelle's evidence was okay, Harold. <laughs> like, I don't think she believes that they are. It's no, just... I think she wanted to move on to the book, because that is what okay. our podcast is about. You mean back to the topic of discussion? Yeah, like for <laughs> once, I'm trying to bring us back in. Yeah, and I'm that also trying happens. to keep us on, on uh Okay, on Josh, you're always trying to keep us on task. And Not always, but we so ever been on task. Yeah. <laughs> I want to talk is... about how much they drank tea. Holy shit! There was well, so the much tea. British. British. Well, I mean, they're British. British. Exactly. It was very British. British guy. You don't miss tea time. Yeah. 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 It's crazy though. So they're like, and then we had tea. It's like, okay. <laughs> I told them some tea. <laughs> I Seems... do like how some of the one of the things that they did after they took over Narnia was liberated young dwarfs and young satyrs from being sent to school. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> Y'all yeah, can't go to, school. go to school. <laughs> Don't want to send them young ones to school. Like, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> well, no school for y'all. Yeah, that was knowledge weird. leads to finding the truth about Christianity, and that's why they don't want them to go to school. Duh. You know, aren't satyrs like usually the thing that they put up as devils? Satyrs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's always what demons look like. A popular representation of the devil is like a, yeah, with goat legs and horns and a human torso and, and head. Yeah, kind of satyr like. You know, they immediately trusted this Robin when they walked in, and they started following that Robin when all the kids first come through the doorway. Yeah, and why not? Uh, because it was fucking winter. Why was the Robin there? Because it's always winter. Where else is the robin going to go? He's going to keep flying south until he dies because he's a robin. <laughs> Maybe it's a winter robin. robin. Robins don't a stick winter around. Robin. A winter well, robin. Do you hear me? I've been in Michigan my whole life, and it is the state bird. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they do not stick around in pre Christmas winter. No, they Correct. don't. But spring was already coming back. Aslan was on the move. So that's why the bird was there because he was back. Because spring was going to be coming in like three hours. Yeah, is that the point where the robin came in when things are starting to thaw? No. So, so okay, so Aslan makes spring come back? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, always, they said Aslan, Aslan okay. comes and goes, but they said that so, winter was forever. 
Okay, let that actually goes into this analysis of this poem. Okay. All right, we have a segue for Yay! you. Wait, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Let me okay. hear how this is explained. <laughs> so the first poem, it's on page seventy nine in my book. We've already discovered it's not on the same page in Andy's books. So I have no idea what page it's going to be on in y'all's books. Um, but it's wrong will be right when Aslan comes in sight. At the sound of his roar, sorrows will be no more. When he bears his teeth, winter meets its death. And when he shakes his mane, we shall have spring again. Okay, so I went into depth on to the fact that it has internal rhymes in all three future tense lines. Um, so you have three future tense lines, the first, second, and the fourth line. Um, the present tense line, which is line three, does not contain a rhyme. Uh, lines one and three start with a W at the beginning of the line and after the commas. Line two and four start with an A, but only at the beginning of the line. Okay, and then before I read more in the book, this is the notes that I made. So lines one and two are future tense, but the use of the word will implies inevitability in the action. Line four, while still in future tense, uh, it uses the word shall, which is a strong assertion as opposed to an inevitability. And this can be interpreted as all other events in the poem must occur first in order for spring to come if all else does not happen. Spring is not inevitable and winter may continue, almost as if there is something like missing that you're not seeing in this poem um, that makes that would actually make spring become inevitability. Um, and so then like after I read the book and I was like, wait, did he did Aslan ever actually shake his mane? Like, was that actually a thing he did anywhere? Like, just shake it. Yeah, I thought I'm he did. Sure. Yeah. yeah. He uh, after he came, after he comes back to life, uh, he's like, I'm gonna. He plays with them like he's a fucking kitten, and then all of a sudden he's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna roar. So cover your he ears, roared. and he roars and shakes his mane. Okay, so. yeah, yeah. And then, but then winter also seemed to fade away before Aslan was even seen. But that's not what the poem says is supposed to happen, right? Like the poem says that like you have to see Aslan and then winter will fade away. That's um, why it confused me with the and whole then, like like also Aslan has to die for anything to be righted. Like you can't just see him. He has to die and then things will go right. So so it wouldn't have been spring when they first come through the door. Yeah, it wasn't. This this also means that Aslan has just essentially abandoned Narnia for fucking ever. I don't know where mm -hmm. he's gone at this point, because if Narnia is, if the Robin has no place to go, that means that everything is winter. So where the hell is Aslan then? Just nowhere. He's just fucking around and finding out. He's like, not he's here. He's elsewhere. Yeah, yeah, he's not there. But, like, the fact that Aslan has to come in sight for wrong to be right and, like, all of the other, like, it seems a little weird and doesn't make sense with the rest of the book. I think the presence of two sons of Adam and two daughters of Eve is, like, the harbinger of Aslan coming back, according to prophecy. And that's where the science comes in. <laughs> but that's not a poem. <laughs> and then the that actually gets into, the, that gets into the second poem. Of Adam, when Adam's flesh and Adam's bone s sits at care, Paravel and throne, the evil time will be over and done. Okay, it's pronounced "done." 
I know. <laughs> well, I did say that it's an AAB rhyme scheme, but it could also be a loose AAA, but more than likely not because the the syllable count in the last line is different than the other yeah. two. Poets like to do um, that shit and think we don't notice, but we do. The almost rhymes. Really? Yeah. I'm looking straight at you. <laughs> I'm looking you the fuck off. Um, <laughs> Teeth does not rhyme with breath. So with this one. Breathe. Like, Breathe. <laughs> that. Well, it'd be teeth and death is the two wor- words that you're looking at. Okay, whatever. That See, that's why I said that line, that one doesn't rhyme. That's not a rhyming line, and it's the only one that's in present tense. The other ones all have will or shall. That one does not. Okay. Maybe he's just a really bad poet. No, it's not on purpose. Uh, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, so the second one, it doesn't actually state that all four children have to be enthroned for evil to be done. It just says that when Adam's flesh and Adam's bone, right? It, there's an implication that all four of them need to be there because there are four thrones, but the poem doesn't directly state that. Yeah, I'm not looking at the poem. I think I remember it from what Tumnus was telling Lucy, like, the first time that they met, and he's, yeah. like, coming clean with her that he's supposed to keep an eye out for the uh, for the witch, for uh, Sons of Adam and Daughters of Eve. And then, like, <clears throat> they definitely still had to fight off some evil shit after they were on the throne. So, again, the fact that this says the evil time will be over and done once they're on the throne, obviously, is wrong. I mean, it's not a permanent banishment of all evil. It's just the end of this one particular curse. This one particular one. That was foretold the by, endless the, winter. by the scientists. And it's also a little sexist because... Everywhere else in the story, they are referred to as the sons of Adam and daughters of Eve. Mm-hmm. Except this poem says Adam's flesh and Adam's bone. Mm. I just feel like he kept writing and forgot. That he wrote these poems? Yeah, that he, definitely. That he, that he wrote parts of the book because <laughs> he was so lost in, in his yeah. writing, I guess, that he's like, oh... None of it really matters. <laughs> like, I was really looking forward to these poems connecting somewhere else, but nothing, like, there were there was no other, like, lines of prophecy that came out in poetry, and these, like, just felt like they became afterthoughts that were written before he finished the book. Yeah, none of that makes me trust the Robin. <laughs> none of that makes me trust the Robin. <laughs> um, I don't trust that fucking Robin. On. He shouldn't be there. Mm-mm. Let's see. So robins can be found year-round in the continental United States, and some migrate north to spend summers in Alaska. Yeah, continental United States includes states that are warm in the winter. I understand that, but what, it does not say. What does it say about Narnia? Anything about Narnia yeah, in does there? does it say anything about Narnia, yeah, about, about this About this fantasy land of Narnia? Well, Narnia if we're going robins? by Narnia robins, then obviously it doesn't freaking matter where real robins are found. <laughs> It just makes me not trust the robin even more. Mm, Honestly. You don't trust robins. You don't exist, you don't, bird. I also want to say that when they first come upon the beavers, they're like, well, let's follow the beaver. And they, they kind of question where they should. And he's like, what's it going to do? There's four of us. It's a fucking beaver. <laughs> you guys ever him. seen... You guys ever seen the the show uh, The Wild Man? Do you remember this show, Josh? The guy that had like no teeth. Oh and, yeah, yeah, fucking wild! Oh yeah, the uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the the, so the turtle episode, turtle guy. There's an episode where there's a beaver in the crawl space of this person's house. Okay, and he climbs down, and this this guy would catch everything by hand. Okay, and he wouldn't <laughs> kill shit. 
fucking he climbs into this crawl space to take this fucking beaver on man to man right and he's chasing it around he gets a hold of its back feet and it just starts beating the fuck out of his face with its tail and it is probably the best television I've ever seen in my life <laughs> watching this dude get slapped up by a fucking beaver moral of the story Beavers are formidable. Like, <laughs> don't take know, a beaver lightly. Don't take a beaver lightly. Yeah, but they know the beaver's good when um she he has the handkerchief that Tumnus kept from Lucy. That was the that was the code that it was a good beaver or a good animal, I guess. Oh, because the the guy who was gonna kidnap a child before gave it to him. <laughs> Again, he tur- he changes ways. Mm-hmm. He did they get turned into stone really fast in Narnia. So I'm just I'm just saying, like, you know, if I if some guy was gonna kidnap my kid and then he's like, you know what, I feel bad about that, I'm not gonna do it. I'm never trusting that guy again. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like you were gonna kidnap a child, bro. I think that the lion should have bit his head off. <laughs> he's not gonna learn anything. They're not going to school now. You know, they saved him from school, apparently. They saved him from school. <laughs> saved him from school. <laughs> Which clearly is a part written for children because they're like, yo, my God, it'd be so nice to not have to go to school. That's because you're stupid. You don't know anything yet. That's why you go to school. You're a stupid child in the 1950s. Shut up. Yeah. I gotta learn to duck and cover, man. Yeah. (laughs) Your entire life is surrounded by a thin mist of lead, okay? So you need school, at least, to try and counteract some of that. Otherwise, you're going to grow up to be a leader of the country, and you're going to be asking a judge stupid-ass questions about children's books. <laughs> like, or, or making a podcast about children's books. Yeah. No, no, we didn't, <laughs> we didn't get affected so much by the lead. <laughs> the lead. <laughs> they cleaned it up pretty much by the time we were around. Yeah, I just ingested a ton of pesticides in the well water that where I grew up. <laughs> That's way better. Bro, I was talking about Ted Cruz there. Uh, do not compare me or any of us to Ted Cruz or I'll hold your head underwater. I don't even know oh, what you're talking Ted. about. Again, Can we call him know. by his real name? What's that? Can we call him by his real name? Uh, Raphael. Raphael. Oh, his name's Raphael. Yeah, mm-hmm. he doesn't want to go by Raphael because it's fucking too. I don't it's know. not. It's not American. It's down too in. ethnic for him. Too ethnic. <sighs> it that doesn't guy. get him enough with the, with the Hispanic vote. But he's it, from fucking Canada. He's so. a Canadian named Raphael Cruz. <laughs> well, I think his mom was Cuban or something. I don't know. His dad must have been actually. Now that Someone on my Facebook years ago when he was running for president w- wrote this thing. Ted Cruz, the smartest man I've never met. And I'm like, if you oh, think man. he is intelligent, then oh my God. you've just spoke volumes about your own intelligence. <laughs> hey, he was, he was smart enough to get the fuck out of Texas when it was getting uh, hit by a snowstorm. <laughs> he was oh, real smart about that. My God, he got the don't fuck even. Out. <coughs> Wait, so oh, there we go. Fuck him for that. Janelle he left there. his dog behind, okay? This this Robin he got is cold. an allegory for Ted Cruz. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> the dog got cold. <laughs> Fuck Ted Cruz. Yeah, I was there. I was freezing my ass off in Texas with a seven-month-old when Ted Cruz was running off to wherever the fuck he ran off to. Cancun. Cancun. Fuck Cancun. 
for accepting <laughs> Ted Cruz and then blaming his daughter for it. Like, oh, my daughter yeah. wanted to go hang out with her friends. That's some fucking bullshit. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hate him. No, fucking he's a bucket. <laughs> I hate him so much. He is the evil witch for sure. 100%. Yep. I feel like that's also giving him too much the credit. Robin. <laughs> All right, so if we were to de de-christianize the story of uh Lion the Witch of the Wardrobe, we have we have Raphael Cruz <laughs> as the white witch. Yep. Um Who's the who's Aslan? Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> clearly. <laughs> or Liam Neeson, like in the movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Arnold's more imposing than Liam Neeson. Who is Edmund? Mm, the, the one that the White Witch takes for uh, kind of mm. not really brainwashes, but uh, fools into uh, Justin Bieber. You know what? Justin Bieber. <laughs> Justin Bieber. Uh, I think Trump is more like the witch, and Edmund is Ted Cruz. Yeah, there you go. I like that. You think that Ted Cruz <laughs> is eventually going to flip? I mean, n- nah, no, you're he was, right. He, <laughs> like he, no, no. I mean, Ted Cruz was like against Trump until Trump was the guy for the Republicans, and then he's like, "Yay, Trump!" Even then, like Trump was still. Um, Dogging on his wife. Dude, he called his his wife wife. ugly, and he He still supported him. But he still had to support Trump with that weird-looking grimace on his face. (laughs) So I think that I think that makes Rafael Cruz and Edmund in my book. But he's not gonna flip. He's not gonna. He's never gonna flip. He, so, in fact, like, he would Romney never... would have to be like Edmund if we're going yeah, this way. Yeah, Romney. But even Romney, <laughs> Romney is not your friend. <laughs> like, no. He is not any better. He's not. But, no. you know, between him and Ted Cruz, <laughs> mm, at least Mitt Romney likes our trees in Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> I like trees. I like cars. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I like the trees. The trees are the right height here. If you don't know what that clip is, I will send it to you. But it is the best clip ever from the 2012 2012 <laughs> campaign yeah 2012 campaign that is also the election cycle where i fought with a guy for three days and then we broke up and um, we're actually talking about de-christianizing it but you just picked two people who totally use christianity to further their goals even though they are i did not the pick last Ted people Cruz. I was just trying to go on that. <laughs> so maybe, maybe this is not going anywhere. No, 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 no. <laughs> if we throw out like the whole like good guys of like the good guys of the story are just like genuinely good guys. Like every like this could be like the schism of the Republican Party being told in an allegory where Trump is the white witch. Uh, the four kids are four notable Republicans who, well, well, they're still kind of assholes. The kids are <laughs> Republicans. They can, yeah, I mean, but they like three of the kids are, literally go into the that are story. Better than others, I know, but the the kids literally go into the story like fighting the white witch. There's nothing like. Supporting and, the, and there are Republicans who never got taken, taken got in taken. by Trump. Here's- like Romney, McCain, <laughs> like maybe Peter is John McCain, although he never died in the. I got a much <laughs> better way died. to do this. Much better died. way to do this. <clears throat> but did you Aslan- hold, before before you do? Did you notice that towards the end of the book, when they're like adults, they all start they are all talking like pompous assholes. Oh yeah, well, it literally said that they started talking like that because now they're all kings and queens. <laughs> they're not all yeah. kings and queens. And I'm like, okay, yep. but this. <laughs> This is just fucking annoying. Like, they all get set up they, as royalty. They don't even just like talk about like being brothers and sisters anymore. They like refer to 
to each other specifically as royalty yeah. or whatever. And I'm like, they're what royalty the fuck? in a fantasy land. They're Republicans. They're Republicans. <laughs> so Aslan, <clears throat> Aslan is RoboCop. Okay. <laughs> yes, Edmund, <I'll> clearly. <laughs> Edmund is the Terminator, right? Uh, the White Witch okay. is the okay. Alien Queen from the Aliens universe, right? I'm with okay. him. Mm-hmm. Um. Lucy is uh shit. What's uh whoever Drew Barrymore played in ET? Okay, Firestarter. No, no. <laughs> Drew Barrymore no, no, no. played her yeah, in right. ET. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the little girl in from ET. This is where I'm starting to get starting to get uh light on on <laughs> characters <laughs> because uh come on come on I've nailed down some some good ones here we got RoboCop. <laughs> Terminator, because the Terminator, Terminator was bad in the first Terminator, and he flipped sides uh-huh. and became okay. a good guy. That's Edmund, right? Okay. Um, and then Peter is John McClane. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Susan, then? Um, um, hmm. Hillary Swank, Karate Kid. <laughs> yeah. Bam. There you go. Yeah, okay. There we go. Yep. And uh, Lucy... I mean, we went with. I've said Drew Barrymore for yeah. that, but I feel Drew like there's Barrymore a better one from ET. Yeah, I feel like there's a better one somewhere. I was just. Uh, I don't really. Th- I'm not girl thinking from of Signs. Is all I can think of. <laughs> there you go. The girl from oh, Signs. The girl Dakota from Dakota Fanning. Dakota yes. Fanning. There you go. Yes. Dakota Fanning from Signs. In everything she's ever been in. Dakota yep. Fanning in everything she's ever been in. That is Lucy. Oh, it's amazing. She's still like 12 years old, isn't she? <laughs> yeah, like 30 years. But she's Dakota been 12 years Fanning old. Is perpetually 12. Yeah. Yeah, it's me again. Just uh, editing myself in to set the record straight here. Um, We let Josh lead us astray with some misinformation. Uh, Seems to happen quite a bit. But uh, yeah, in Signs, that was not Dakota Fanning. No, that was the young actress Abigail Breslin, who's, uh, in my opinion, a fantastic actress from such movies as Little Miss Sunshine, August Osage County, the Zombieland movies, and yes, Signs, where she was the little girl. That's Abigail Breslin, and we'll have to have a discussion on whether we mean Abigail Breslin or Dakota Fanning will get the role uh, when we do our reliterated, reiterated episode. So stay tuned for that. Bing! All right, so so now we're talking Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe as an allegory for this supergroup of <laughs> personalities. <laughs> it's not about Christianity anymore, is it? Now it's a cool <laughs> fucking movie. It's about, ways, okay. about something way else. Yeah, okay. and no, they could still do the same thing, only a lot more battling, okay? A lot more battling. <laughs> <laughs> and Aslan is Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> there you go. Because <laughs> he goes away for a while and then comes back when he's mm-hmm. needed, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. But RoboCop dies and comes back to life. <laughs> it's true, as a robot, or a cyborg, <laughs> a bionic man, if you will. Yeah, but then he's able to, like, shake his mane, basically open his leg with a machine gun pistol, and start killing bad guys. <coughs> oh, Lord. And that's the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe by C.S. The Lewis. Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. <laughs> Lion, the Witch, and the Audacity of this bitch. Ugh. <laughs> uh. <clears throat> Okay. I'm still really proud, uh, and I tried to say it earlier, but Josh continued talking, even though I was trying to say something. But I am extremely proud of Halitosis Hammer. Halitosis like, Hammer. <laughs> Halitosis Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
<laughs> is Josh even still with us? He hasn't said anything in a while. Yeah, because I was thought we were talking about a book, but then you guys started talking about something else. So. Oh, Jesus Christ. We never are fucking... Oh. Uh, have you listened to our episodes? <laughs> yeah. We know... <laughs> God I just I had it. no input, so I just didn't say anything. If I don't have input, I'm not gonna say anything. I don't want to sound like an idiot. I mean, I just make shit up. So Except for on every, purpose. every episode has a segment called "Are we even talking about this book anymore?" <laughs> every single episode so far, it's what happens, I think this okay? episode had like five of those. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. Okay. Every Le- episode has like five of them. <laughs> Light, lightning round. Let's recast Lion Witch in the Wardrobe. All Arnold Schwarzenegger characters go. Oh shit. <laughs> okay, uh, so. Kindergarten cop. A kindergarten cop would be. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Mr. Beaver. Mr. Beaver. <laughs> <laughs> Aslan is clearly Conan the Barbarian. Obviously. I still um, say Edmund is Terminator. Okay, Edmund can still be Terminator. T eight hundred. Uh, the witch, Mr. Freeze from Batman and Robin. Obviously, that's that's just a no brainer right there. Peter would be the running man. The running man, okay. (laughs) (laughs) What about Lucy and Susan? (laughs) Uh, Well, he doesn't really have any movies where he doesn't. (laughs) Where he's the supporting role? Yeah. We're we're just going to make twins. He's not allowed to fight. Yeah, yeah. Lucy and Junior are twins in Junior. (laughs) Junior. (laughs) Junior. (laughs) Yep. One of them is just there to be pregnant. <laughs> yeah, yep. <laughs> who is t- who is uh, Gunther? Gunther? When he played the Gunther? Other lion. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Gunther's the other lion. The other the lion. lion. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. The hitman in Killing Gunther. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, what about Tumnus? Uh, shit, I had one. Uh, the The guy from Predator. <laughs> His oh, character from Predator. Oh, I was going to make that be the giant. Yeah, giant the guy from the giant is. Oh, yeah. okay, yep. okay. Giant, giant grumble bumping. I grumble say that Tumnus is the guy from the Last Stand because he's <laughs> okay, a, yeah. he's the old old uh, sheriff guy, but he turn he, you know he predicts his town. God, I want to mm. watch that movie. I haven't seen that in a while. <laughs> Me too. Movie. Now I think about it. Yeah, yeah. All right, <laughs> add that to the list. Yeah, but is there <laughs> anybody that can be? Um, his character from Eraser, which is a classic Oscar winning Oscar winning movie Eraser about rail railgun sniper rifles. <laughs> were there were there any other characters of importance in this book that we haven't? No, there on weren't. Yet? We ran out. Yeah, we right, ran let's out. Let's go with one one of the unicorns. Oh, the professor. The professor. Oh, the professor. But that would be. I think that would just be Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Yeah, it probably would the be. Governor. <laughs> yep, the <laughs> not, governor. Not any movie role. Like, no. everyone in Narnia is a movie role, and then the professor is uh, just Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, he's this, just there to fuck around and find out. <laughs> this lightning round right here makes me wish there were more Arnold Schwarzenegger movies so we could do it every time. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there are still a we're lot just... of Arnold Schwarzenegger characters that we can cast, though. Oh, for oh, sure. Yeah. For sure. Oh, yeah. We haven't even brought up any of his weird cameos. So, right? Like around the world in 80 days. He's in that movie. He's just in cause. The world in 80 days? Yeah. He's in it. <laughs> just cause. <laughs> just cause. Nice. Jingle all the way. Jingle, like, yeah. Oh, his character yeah. From yeah. Jingle all the way. See, those are the ones you got to save up for the non violent Arnold Schwarzenegger characters, though. 
<laughs> oh yeah, it was Batman and Robin. Yeah, he yeah, was Mr. Freeze. Yeah. Mr. Freeze was yeah, the okay, witch. Okay, we already said that. Yep. Sorry, I was. Yep, yep, yep. Ice to meet you. <laughs> Ice to meet you. Was <laughs> <laughs> so terrible. Oh, Arguably God. his best role. It what was fun. the dinosaurs. The Ice Age. <laughs> cool body. Apparently, he is in I Am Greta, which is about, uh, what's her face? Greta Thunberg? Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. excellent. I'll probably ask himself in like a, like a documentary type. Yeah, of... it's a documentary. So he's he's in that. So we can cast him as himself in <laughs> I Am Greta. <laughs> okay. So his role in the documentary I Am Greta. If we can cast the governor, we can cast as Oh, yeah, for sure. Who, whoever, the, whoever the maid is in the professor's house. He, he's also name? in Hercules in New York. And yeah. uh, there's a documentary called Pumping Iron, I believe. That's what it's called. Where he talks about that's the one where they get the classic line. Every time I pump the iron, I I feel like I'm coming. It's like coming over and over again. I'm coming and coming. <laughs> that's definitely Mrs. McCready. Definitely Mrs. McCready. Oh <laughs> Mrs. McCready. There you go. All right, and that's the line the witch in the wardrobe recast with Arnold Schwarzenegger's roles yeah. throughout his entire career. It's a better book. Uh. It's a better, but it's a better podcast episode. <laughs> Let's face it. Uh, but <laughs> so, what's the moral of the story here? Believe in Jesus. Don't eat the Turkish delight. <laughs> I mean, the moral of the story is like you know, allow yourself to have a little bit of imagination. Sometimes you walk through a wardrobe and it's a winter wonderland. It probably isn't, but if kids are saying it, you know, play along. It's fun. <laughs> uh, that 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 would be for me. Other than the Jesus thing, because it was really in your face, <laughs> like the old <laughs> Jesus, you know. <laughs> Uh, Moral of the story, if you ever find yourself in an unfamiliar place, it always is to your benefit to get to know the prophecies surrounding what people believe. Because you never know when it'll help you. Well, I mean, they didn't really have a choice. The moment they walked in there, everybody was like, we're telling you the prophecies. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> actually, you're that the was an allegory for Christians oh, yeah. knocking on your door to tell you about Jesus. Yeah, true. Yeah. Bonus points if you're part of the prophecy, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, I'm in this magical place and just so happens it was prophesied I'd be here. Yeah, okay. Fuck yeah. And you're going to be king? Shit. Yeah, dude. Where the lion's at, though? But only yeah, under the lion's at. But only what? I don't want to but ride only a lion. under Aslan. They can only rule under Aslan. Only rule under Aslan. Because that's what Care Paravel translates. Mm. Well, I and Aslan is under the unseen emperor as well, who's clearly God. Right. There's the seat of power underneath the larger seat of power. Yeah. Care Paravel was a. Uh, it's an old English translation uh, meaning lesser court. So, like, they literally ruled under Aslan what it mm. comes down to. Narnia was ruled under the, the scope of the greater realm of existence. Or it's a pyramid something. scheme. It's a pyramid scheme. That's the B story here. <laughs> it's all a pyramid so, scheme. The white witch was just trying to recruit people to her MLM. <laughs> Have you ever heard of Body by Vi? <laughs> Essential Turkish Delights. <laughs> Oh, what happened to those little guys that she turned into stone? Because Aslan didn't breathe on them. So are they just out in the middle of the woods, stone still? Oh, yeah. The, the Well, I, 
I think that the intention was he would eventually get to them because he he says at the one point he's like people could be hiding anywhere you know uh, you gotta true. look in every nook right. and cranny that was in the witch's castle yeah I thought they, that was in the, yeah. in the castle. castle right right but, but I assume that that also meant like there's wider world we're gonna have to find more people out here who are stone mm, clearly right. yeah there was that uh tea party of uh woodland creatures who were um using their christmas presents that santa claus came around and gave them and the witch got pissed off that it was christmas so she turned why into was stone. it suddenly christmas by the way like just, the ma- her magic curse was breaking it was, it was wearing wasn't off it and so spring, time though? was moving on like it i was, thought it was it spring. came like four minutes later yeah. It got further into winter, like, past where she had yeah. frozen time, essentially. So, like, you know, Christmas happened because Christmas happens, you know, like, three days after the winter solstice, and <laughs> then it turned to spring, because apparently that can happen after, you know, ten seconds. It is a magical <laughs> land. <laughs> or when the, whenever the lion gets there. Yeah, you know. I just think it's kind of crazy that Santa showed up there. I... <laughs> I feel like <laughs> that was weird. Like Santa Claus just pops I mean, into the story real quick. The unicorns and the fawns and the centaurs. Yeah, I'll buy that. <laughs> but but Santa? Yeah. Santa? He just doesn't fit. <laughs> no, Santa no, Claus does not beavers. fit. <laughs> it is a little weird. But, it's you weird, know, right? They, mm. they got to keep the magic alive for the kids, I guess. I guess. <laughs> It's another way to c- connect it to Christianity, Christmas. And- yeah, it's uh, it's a link but to they Christianity. Hate Even though Santa that's now. a link to paganism, whatever, it's fine. Yeah, they hate Santa Claus now. Like this Santa was it- dishing out weapons, even though he was yeah. sexist about <laughs> women in the military. But he's <laughs> still giving out swords. Strapping out swords, but give him a strap. Then gave Mrs. Beaver a sewing machine and <laughs> <laughs> fixed Mr. That's, Beaver's dam medically. Uh, the Arnold from Jingle All the Way, by the way. Santa Claus? <laughs> Santa Claus, yep. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> we got it! We got there! <laughs> we got it! We did it! We found it! Yeah, we had to. That's a high note to go out on, is what Ooh, I say. All right! <laughs> yeah, it is, for sure. <laughs> all right. Uh, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Let's Put do our recommends. Bed. Would we recommend this book? And we can skip me. Because <laughs> we know you didn't like it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna forbid it, but... You know, I wouldn't say, hey, Xander, there's this really cool book you got to read. I mean, if he wants to know what the story is, fine. I'm not going to say no. We can watch the movie. Yeah, we watch the movie. And we probably will. We will for the reiterated. Yeah. Whether Xander wants to watch it with us or not, it's up to him. But it's a Xander-friendly movie. But, yeah, as far as going out and recommending it to to kids, nah. There's better books. It just didn't have enough for me. Like, is it a decent book? Maybe, but is it worth like me being like, hey, five years from now when Elton can read this book, am I going to want him to? Meh. If he right. finds it on the floor, then like whatever, I'm not going <laughs> to stop him, but I'm not going to specifically be like, Elton, this is a book for you. Yeah, I grew up reading this and oh man, do I have some fond memories here. Like, no, no. it's not going to happen. No, I don't have fond memories around the story. I didn't even grow up reading this story, so... <laughs> I don't yeah. have bad memories around the story. I mean, it's just, it's just something they showed us at church. <laughs> and I, I didn't even because because I was still a good Christian boy, I got excited about the movie, and the movie was just kind of okay. It was a movie. Man, y'all went to cooler churches than I did. <laughs> Seriously, what Fuck. was what was your church's take on Pokemon? Were they like? Oh no, no my Pokemon? mom and Tracy sat us down. 
when like Pokemon started to become a thing and like literally told us that it was created by devil worshippers. <laughs> like literally. And so like Pokemon Go mm-hmm. was my first introduction to Pokemon. Oh man. <laughs> like that was the first time that I was like, you know what? I think I'm old enough now. I can decide for myself if this is okay. <laughs> And then I was like, oh, my God, what the fuck? <laughs> There's nothing that makes me want to worship Satan in this. <laughs> I was going to do that before. <laughs> my experience reading adult horror but novels when I was like eight and nine years old compared to like listening to you guys having grown up in churches. <laughs> oh, I'm yeah. sorry for you. <laughs> I'm so yeah. sorry I'm- for you. I never got the don't do Pokemon. I oh. I didn't even get the don't do Harry Potter, but oh, that was no, obviously. Like, that was a big thing. Like literally, I remember when my mom's brought the Harry Potter movie home for the first time after we hadn't been going to church by this point for like two years. And we're like, we're going to sit down and we're going to watch this together to see what it's about. Mm. And they're like, oh, that wasn't that bad. So like I was, <laughs> I was almost 11 by that point. It was literally like a month before I turned 11. Right. So <laughs> I was in college, probably at like the height of my Christianity when. Which was uh, when I was 11. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up about that. <laughs> uh, but that was when Da Vinci Code was the big thing. And the church was like in crisis mode about yeah. how evil the church was in this story, uh, the Da Vinci Code. And you couldn't go, you couldn't throw stones at people without hitting <laughs> a sermon about cracking the Da Vinci Code or debunking <laughs> the Da Vinci Code, whatever. So, can you believe they're being honest about the church? <laughs> it was a how mediocre it's all book. run by evil albino monks or whatever. I didn't. Yeah. Even, I mean, I'm not saying it was a good book. I'm just saying that it, it was a. I just stayed away from it because I didn't want to read it. It was a closer interpretation of what churches are actually like than actual churches are. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I'll read it someday. I don't know. Yeah, I I would not say like, yeah, I would not recommend this book. It it was a fun reread from when I was younger, but I went on Wikipedia and I was like, oh, this synopsis is perfect. This is all I need to read. So, yeah, I would say if you want or if you're interested in it. Uh, just go on Wikipedia and read this. The read that because it it does a good job. You don't need or to read the whole to thing. Or listen to the Bob's your uncle summary at the beginning of this episode. Yeah, <laughs> which you basically look, lays out the entire. You've story. already listened to like an hour and a half of this episode. You, you're good. Yeah. You, yeah, you're up to speed. Yeah, we you do not need to reread story. this book. So, <laughs> also, it it didn't make me really want to continue the series. Like it's it's not a self-contained book and story, but it really doesn't leave me wanting more. It made me want to read the summaries on Wikipedia, which is what it did. Because <laughs> I was like, I yeah. remember these, but I don't remember them exactly. So I just reread mm. the summaries. I'm like, I remember reading those. Okay, that's all I needed. I remember yeah. the whole thing now. Halfway through it, I was dreading the possibility that we were going to read more of these. <laughs> no, yeah, I, we're not I going think- to. I, I think don't think. Good. Yeah. The movies are pretty good. I will say that yeah. the whole trilogy is pretty fun. There were three of them? I thought there were only two of them. There, th- No, there I, was... Uh, I remember seeing two. I'm pretty two sure there are three. Prince Caspian? There's Prince Caspian, and then there is the Dawn Treader. So, because yep. I remember okay. Reaper Cheap. I've only seen the first so. one. Okay. Reaper Cheap. That's the only part of the movie I remember, too, is the mouse. That's because he was the best part of the whole thing. That's <laughs> because he was the best part of the movie. <laughs> Yeah, he's <laughs> a little awesome. sword fighting mouse. Yeah, yeah, he's cool. <laughs> <laughs> now there's also a video game that I picked up. 
for yeah, the, yeah. a video game adaptation of the movie adaptation of this book. So I've been thinking about doing a uh, maybe a stream on our Twitch channel, which we have, but I haven't really done anything <laughs> with yet. <laughs> I plan on doing some uh, if there's uh, like video game adaptations of uh, of books that we do, we'll maybe put them up on on Twitch or whatever. But I do have the video game for this. I also have a couple other book uh, related games. Uh, that could be played on there. Mostly Goosebumps related. Nice. <laughs> We've already done Charlie and the Chocolate Factory as a uh, a YouTube kind of bonus content thing. It's got a high rating, so it must be pretty <laughs> decent. Do it again. The game? Yeah. It's got huh? 4.3 out of 5 stars, and it's 30 bucks online, so... 30 bucks? Yeah. For PS2? Yeah, 68 uh, Metacritic, 68 GameFAQs, 5 out of 5, and ROMs is fun. And then, yeah, on Amazon, it's 29.71. The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I picked it up for 5 bucks at Media Reload the other day. Nice. I must have got a steal. <laughs> okay. So glad it's part of the collection now. Maybe it's maybe it's like uh, Wars of Power series. <laughs> it ranges in price from... Gold to Just, dirt. Yeah, <laughs> I like. I like. You know, we all know that I dislike Tolkien and his stories, but I really like the Shadow of Mordor game. I thought that was fucking great. Like, yeah, oh yeah, Lord of the Rings fun. put out some really good games. Yeah, you know what I hated about that game though was every time you ran into a new ogre, it went on for like forty-five minutes about who he was and what he was going to do to you. <laughs> I'm embellishing. It was not 45 minutes, but every time it would stop the game and the guy would sit there and, hey, I'm so-and-so and and I'm here to tell you this. And what I'm doing is I'm going to come over there and blah, blah. I'm like, shut up and let me kill you. Hmm. So, yeah. So, yeah. (laughs) Okay. None of us recommend the book. We do recommend book-based video games. Book-based video games can be fun, mm-hmm. and I think we're ready to to go ahead and wrap her up. Otherwise, mm-hmm. we're just going to start talking about ghosts again, because I got a lot to say on the subject. <laughs> I have a lot to say uh, about ghosts and the science of prophecy. I guess we'll uh, we'll create a Patreon for that one, yeah. <laughs> and Harold and I can just go back and forth. <laughs> yeah, we'll make people pay to, to, to listen, listen to, to us those, those rambles. <laughs> instead of just coming to the Discord. <laughs> 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 Where we do it for free. Yeah. Come join the Discord and get in on the conversation. We have a lot of fun talking about this and that and rambling about whatever. So it's a good time. And we don't want it to just be Janelle and Harold <laughs> going back and forth on topics. So yes, we would love to have some more people to speak with. <laughs> yeah. You can find the link to our Discord in uh, the episode description and basically on any of our social sites. We have a link tree and it'll be on there as well. Our link tree is linktr.ee slash reliterated. So yeah, next week we're going to be wrapping up. We're doing the final book of our snowy winter chapter as the real snowy winter comes to a close here. Uh, Still kind of chilly out here in Michigan, but the snow's gone. So good for that. But uh, next week is choose your own adventure time. Yeah. Yay. And Janelle wanted me to be sure to credit her with the suggestion of doing the Abominable Snowman from it's actually Choose Your Own Adventure number one, the very first one of the series. So we're going to see if we can get a good ending facing off with a Yeti. It'll be great. If we even see a Yeti, by the way. I hope we see a Yeti. You gotta go back in time. There's a (laughs) chance. You have to go back in time. There's a chance we run into ninjas. Okay. (laughs) Yep. 
I wonder if there's going to be ninjas on this Yeti hunt. <laughs> I'm doing a quick flip through the book right now, and oh man, some weird shit. We're getting into some weird shit, boys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we're going to run into Yetis. <laughs> it is an adventure, after all. And also, we threw out my original hard stance on not getting different endings, so... <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever find the slide whistle? Oh, no, I don't have that with me. Okay. Just find will... an app on your phone and... <laughs> no, I... It has I, I to will be see a genuine it... slide whistle oh for that genuine feeling. I will feeling. see if I can get it this weekend. Okay. I know where it should be, so okay. I'm displaced. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the, the whistle is displaced. Yes. But we're not displaced. You'll know exactly where to find us next week. So we'll be back at you then. So... Thanks for listening. Uh, be sure to support your local libraries. Give a shit. Read some lit. Have a good one. Thanks, everybody. Get hit. Read a bit. I find that I find that uh, that tagline derivative. <laughs> <laughs> this has been Reliterated, a production of the Chocolate Milk Friends and part of the 989 Podcast Network. If you enjoy our show, please consider giving us support by subscribing, recommending us to your book-reading, podcast-listening, 90s nostalgic friends, and most importantly, rating and reviewing us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible Podcasts, and Spotify. Did I mention we really want some Spotify ratings right now? Your ratings and reviews go a long way towards getting us in the ears of new listeners. You're also invited to join the growing Reliterated community on Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram. And if you really want to get nuts, we have a Discord, too. So bing us and join us in this nonsense. If you have a book suggestion for a future episode or have questions for us, send us an email at reliterated at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Why? Also, are you Why advocating for abuse? Do you want somebody to get yeah. hit? I would say take mm. a hit and read some shit. Yeah, take a hit and read some shit. That's, take what, a, that's a good one. Some shit. Ooh. See, that one, you're not hurting anybody but yourself. Right. <laughs> well, I'm talking about a hit of yeah. PCP. Oh, yeah. I was talking you're about hurting yourself. Oh, weed. Oh, weed. better. weed. Take a hit. Read some shit. That's good. Yeah. Take a hit. Read a bit. Still I don't condone the use of PCP. It's a fucking scary ass drug. <laughs>